Independent retail business can mean so many things these days. A brick and mortar store, an e-commerce business, a maker's online shop, a booth at an antique mall, and more. No matter which category you're in, Kathy Cruz, a fellow retail business owner and retail educator, will teach you how to market and manage your business efficiently so you can spend time doing other things you love. Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Podcast. Welcome to episode 25 of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast, Business Lessons Learned During COVID-19, Part 1. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. Well, season three of this podcast is finally here. It feels like a lifetime since I recorded a regular episode. For those of you that listened to the Boss Up Minisode series and said things like, I swear you're talking to me, I appreciate you and your feedback, and I really appreciate that you listened. I truly enjoyed recording those minisodes. They just felt really comfortable and natural, and I got to speak off the cuff and just, you know, create these mini lessons about running retail businesses, and it actually was really enjoyable. So don't be surprised if they come back in the future. My intention for the next two episodes is to share all of the financial-related lessons I learned as an independent retail business owner. So since I recorded episode one of this podcast, and I, gosh, I think that was three months or six months ago, maybe, I've harped on and preached about specific things in business. And throughout all of this pandemic stuff, I have determined that there's a reason I preach and harp on those specific business-related topics. So more than ever, I've determined that I will not waver from these. I actually speak much more confidently now about these things, and this will all make more sense as I move on with this episode. But my point is, and please listen, if you've chosen to ignore me in the past or hide in your shell, and I know some of you do, the next two episodes will be some of the most important lessons you'll want to learn if you want to run your business as a business and not as a hobby. That is my mission with Savvy Shopkeeper, and it became really clearly defined during the past few months. First, I want to start off with a shopkeeper shout out, and it's from Karen Berg of All Love Place, and it's actually spelled A-L-L-U-V, All Love Place. She's in Brentwood, California, and she titled her podcast review, A Must Listen, for any kind of retail, especially small business. And Karen says, I cannot thank Kathy enough for this podcast. I've been a fan of this podcast for a while, but it became invaluable when my partner and I opened our store exactly one week before we had to shut down due to COVID. Every episode is like a paid course. They are jam-packed with valuable info. Actually, she said invaluable info. Kathy is like having our own personal business coach. Thanks to Kathy's you-can-do-this attitude, we are not only surviving, but thriving during this uncertain time. I also can't recommend enough the resources that are found at the Savvy Shopkeeper website, and I'm also part of our Master Shopkeeper's private Facebook group. If you are new to this podcast, download and listen to every, and she did that in all caps, every episode. So I just want to give a special shout out to Karen. I really appreciate her. She's one of those people that dove in and digested every bit of content I put out there, whether it was free or whether it was paid because she joined Master Shopkeepers. She has access to the Learning Lab and the Shopkeepers Academy. 
I think she went through every lesson. She actually told me she downloaded everything. She read everything. She watched all of the videos. So if you don't know about the Learning Lab or Master Shopkeepers, which is currently closed right now, but the Learning Lab, there's just so much content in there and I add more every year. But so a special thank you to Karen for just diving in, taking it all in, appreciating it, learning from it, starting her business, making it grow or, you know, having it thrive during the coronavirus is a huge deal. So I really appreciated the review. It was a really pleasant surprise because the podcast has been kind of quiet, even with the minisodes. So when I saw this um, podcast review is long and there's so much good info in it, I really, really appreciated every single word. Okay, so let's move on to the important lessons. I also want to add that this episode would be way too long if I shared all of the lessons I learned in one episode. So this is part one and part two will hopefully come out next week if everything works out according to plan. And we know it always doesn't, but that's the plan. Okay, so the first one is have your I's dotted and T's crossed with business filings. So that's your EIN, your business formation, registering with the state. In order to be considered a legitimate business, you need to have all of these things registered correctly. So an employer identification number or business tax ID is a unique nine-digit number that gets issued to you by the IRS. And that's what allows you to file taxes for your business. An EIN also helps you register a business entity, it helps you obtain a business loan, you can obtain a business account once you get an EIN, and much more. I wrote a blog post about the importance of a business bank account and separating your personal finances from your business finances. I'll have it linked in the show notes, so make sure you read it if you haven't quite hit that point in your quote-unquote business where you've separated everything, it really, really should be separated. But the point of the first lesson learned is just to have all of those filings done correctly. Get your EIN, get your business formation, register with the state for whatever it is that you might need to do. And if you have questions about that, I usually point people to an accountant or an attorney. Just make sure that you get that done. And for most of you listening, you've already done that. Checked, done, covered, I get it. But if you're new to this, or you want to open a brick and mortar business in the future, make sure those are the the things that you start with first. Okay, so the second lesson learned is you should know about your business formation. I want you to become very familiar with what your formation means. Find out exactly what it means to be an LLC or a sole proprietor or an S-corp. And then learn about how it is that you pay yourself for that particular formation. So as an example, both of my businesses are set up as LLCs. That could change in the future, but for now they're LLCs. And I pay myself through draws, not payroll. Well, why did this matter over the past two months? Because if you're an LLC and you completed the PPP application, the most important number, the number that showed what you pay yourself and how profitable your business is, you would have seen this on line 31 of your Schedule C. So if you're an LLC and you file your taxes and you have a Schedule C, you want to go to line 31. If that was negative or pretty much a zero, then you were not going to qualify for the PPP. Now, if you're an S-corp, you most likely pay yourself through payroll. 
and that was easy to report on the PPP application. But again, check with your accountant, do your research. In episodes one and two of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast, and I'll be sure to link these episodes. And these are two of the episodes I receive the most feedback about. But I talk about the importance of paying yourself. And this topic is extremely important because of situations like this, where if you wanted to file for the loan, the PPP loan in particular, you needed to show that your business was profitable. Um, I will talk about employees later on. There's some confusion about that. But just in terms of being able to pay yourself with the PPP loan, that line 31 on your Schedule C, if you're an LLC, was extremely important. And if you didn't, if you weren't familiar with your business formation or how you pay yourself, or there was always some confusion around that, then it probably made filing for the PPP a little challenging or confusing. Okay. And what I saw too was that. This frustrated and upset many shopkeepers is once they looked at line 31 and they saw that they weren't profitable and they couldn't file for a PPP, well, at least to pay themselves, I should say, it became really, really frustrating. So when you repeatedly hear it's normal to not profit or even acceptable to show a loss in the first few years of business, I want you to rethink that. Yes, it can and does happen. But the lesson learned here is that in the end, you want to be profitable. I can't say that enough. Okay, that was lesson number two, was just knowing about your business formation and how you pay yourself. Lesson three is to be current on taxes. One thing I found extremely helpful when this all happened is that we, my husband and I, had already filed for our 2019 taxes. I get it. It was probably really early. But part of it is that I have systems and processes set up throughout the year so that I'm on top of my bookkeeping. It gets done every month at a certain time. I don't let it accumulate. If I do, it might be two months worth of bookkeeping. And in the end, it's still manageable. Sometimes it's frustrating when I let it get behind. I won't be a hypocrite here. I do let it get behind on occasion, but normally I'm on top of it every month. And because I'm on top of it every month, it made it easy for us to file early or early in terms of the deadline, I should say. Now, I completely understand that this is something that is easy to procrastinate about, but having filed already and having the documents in our hand and having the documents saved on my laptop, it had me prepared for almost any application that would have come my way. So again, I just want to say that it's extremely important that you don't put these type types of business-related tasks on hold or that you don't wait till the last second or that you don't file for extensions, if, if at all possible. I'm proud to say Doris is the sponsor of this season of the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. If you aren't familiar with Doris, they are a premier distributor in the arts and crafts industry, but they are so much more than arts and crafts. They have on-trend home decor items, bridal, garden, gifts, and some great items for creating beautiful store and booth displays. Not only that, Doris has a fantastic blog that includes categories for both makers and brick and mortar businesses. As an independent retail store owner myself, it's really nice to know that we can place a minimum order for only $75. You don't hear that very often. Doris has an exclusive offer for Savvy Shopkeeper listeners. Use promo code SHOP20, that's S-H-O-P-20, at checkout for 20% off your order. Offer valid through December 31st, 2020. 
Visit Doris.com. That's D as in David, A-R-I-C-E.com, Doris.com to check out everything they have to offer. The next lesson was knowing the value of your local bank or financial institution, just having a relationship with your local bank. The loan process was frustrating for many shopkeepers, and what seemed to be consistent was that those with local banking relationships or even long-standing relationships with a company like Square, who offered PPP loans, they got approved more often and more quickly. So don't underestimate the value of your healthy relationships with these financial institutions. Personally, our banker for the store, she reached out to me on several occasions, and it felt really good and reassuring that if and when we were ready to apply, that that could happen and that we would be in good hands and that we would be taken care of. So just make sure, again, going back to opening up that business bank account, don't just treat it like a personal bank account where you don't have a relationship with your banker, maybe. You want to nurture that relationship with a banker. Um, It's really, really valuable. Even in the future, let's say you want to expand your business, open a second location, you know, grow out into a bigger space and you need a line of credit for um, the build out or renovations or whatever it may be. Having that relationship with a banker could be extremely valuable and make the whole process much easier down the road as your business continues to grow. So just something to consider. All right, the next lesson learned was the difference between types of employees, knowing the difference between the types of employees, I should say. So for most of us, you either have no employees or 1099 subcontractors or payroll employees. So to put it simply, the IRS and the federal government value payroll employees much more than 1099 subcontractor employees. Why? Well, because taxes are being paid and employees are protected a bit more when they're actual payroll employees. Yes, 1099 subcontractors, they pay self-employment tax, and we could argue this many different ways, but in the end, the IRS gives more weight to businesses with payroll employees, and this became very apparent with the small business programs implemented in the CARES Act. However, businesses with 1099s did qualify for PPP loans. How do I know this? Because I'm one of them. I'm an LLC, I have 1099 employees, and I qualified for a PPP loan. So if you kept hearing that PPP was only for payroll employers, you received bad information. This was one of the very frustrating parts about the CARES Act and social media. I spent countless hours researching and trying to determine what was right and what was wrong and what did I qualify for, what didn't I qualify for. There are still many questions, but navigating social media around this particular topic was so frustrating. So if that was you, I get it. As if the CARES Act and the laws weren't already confusing, you know, like you throw this social media stuff and all these conversations and all this bad information. And man, it drained me at one point. Also pair this with your business formation and it can be confusing. So for example, most business owners view themselves as just that. But when an application asks for the number of employees, many of us didn't include ourselves in the count, but we should have. Again, it gets complicated, but if you're an LLC and you're the only one running your brick and mortar business and you have no one else on your team, 
you should have been counting yourself as an employee. So my point in this is have more conversations with your accountant. Really become familiar with your business formation and what it means. And if you don't have a team, if you do have a team, how you pay your team members, how you hire them. Having all of that knowledge for situations like this, it was extremely important. And I also want to add that I learned along the way here too. I wasn't completely familiar with all of these things. I was one of the people that didn't count myself as an employee on one application form. Actually, two application forms. And in the end, I think it did hurt me. But in terms of getting the assistance or the grants, but I know now. And I guess I just want to say that so that I don't come across like a know-it-all and that I knew all of these things. I knew many of the things that I'm sharing, but I didn't know them all. Okay, and then episode number six is apply first for assistance in these situations. So often when emergency or disaster programs are implemented, there's a limit to funding. So it's important to apply first. This is one of those times where I I don't think I really realize that. I've never been in a situation like this. I've never been, you know, my business never sat in the middle of a, a storm where things were damaged or a tornado or a hurricane or that I had to apply for disaster assistance. I had no idea. So I actually sat back for a little bit because I was trying to take it all in, trying to understand what the options were, trying to figure out what to do, trying to figure out what would help me or hurt me. And what can be intimidating or scary here is when you are unprepared, misinformed, or uneducated. I spent countless hours researching the PPP, EIDL, and other grant programs, and I was often still confused. I saw so much misinformation on Facebook, too. On top of this, I'm not a fan of recommending loan debt to small business owners. So because I am not a financial expert, I avoided giving too much guidance on this topic. I personally reached out to my own expert contacts, a financial coach, my accountant, to try to figure out what was the best course of action for me and both of my businesses. So those were the first six lessons. I just want to recap them. The first one is, Become familiar or make sure that you have your business filings done, your EIN, your business formation, etc. Second is learn about your business formation. What does it mean to be an LLC? What does it mean to be a sole proprietor? What does it mean to be an S Corp? Those are just, I think, three examples, but the most popular. Number three is to be current on taxes, which means to be current on bookkeeping and accounting. Number four is to know the value of that banking relationship. Nurture your relationship with your local banker. The fifth one is know the difference between the types of employees you have, the 1099 versus payroll. And number six is to apply first for assistance in situations like this, where they say there's a set amount of funds, and once those funds are gone, the whole program is is wiped out. So make sure that you apply and take action quickly. And in order to do that, the first five things that I mentioned are really important to have those nailed down and covered so that you can apply first. What would have held people up in particular was if they weren't on top of their bookkeeping and they didn't have their accounting done and they weren't prepared to file their 2019 taxes, that could have hurt you tremendously during this whole process. 
So if you want to see the show notes to this episode or find links to anything that I mentioned, visit my blog at SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 25. SavvyShopkeeper.com forward slash episode 25. If you're new to these podcast episodes, I always have show notes on my blog. And it's usually just the website name forward slash episode and the number for that episode. So today's is episode 25. And if you ever listen to an episode and feel it could help a friend or someone you know, please share it or leave a review. I know these episodes can help many, many other shopkeepers. Sharing and leaving reviews on the Apple Podcast app is one of the best ways that I can reach many other small independent retail business owners because it's like social media. The more engagement I get on the podcast app, the more Apple will show it to other retailers looking for podcasts like this. So, man, I feel like I need to take a breath. Before I wrap up this episode, I want to say it feels really good to be back. Adjusting to everything, both personally and professionally, took some time. And during this adjustment period, I still needed to show up. I needed to show up for my own brick and mortar business, for our customers who still wanted to shop with us, thank goodness, and support us, for the Savvy Shopkeeper community, many of whom were knocked down and hit hard. You know, in particular for members of master shopkeepers who invest in themselves by being in that group and invest in me as their group leader to support them and educate them. And what inspired me to launch the Reopen with Confidence series was them, was knowing that they needed, you know, some help and some assistance and some guidance because there were so many unknowns. I still needed to show up for my family at home. I still needed to show up for my mom who needs help. I had to show up for my health and my sanity by exercising more. And even then, I'll admit, I actually struggled with that. Some days were easier than others, and some were extremely emotional and challenging. But I pushed through, and again, I am happy to be back. It was the emails, messages, text messages that I received from some of you that kept me going. You told me I was showing up. You told me I was stepping up. I was making a difference. You told me that you were grateful for the eight $200 grants that we gave away. And all of those messages, because there's so many times where I feel like I don't do enough, it was all of those messages and encouragement that kept me going. I personally feel like I never do enough. But I learned over the past few months that this has to change, and I'll talk about this in a future episode too. I feel like the lessons learned just in this episode are the tip of the iceberg for me. I'm curious what you learned. If you'd like to share, please DM me on Instagram. And you can always DM me on Instagram. My username is at Savvy Shopkeeper. And I hope you know by now that I genuinely love hearing from all of you. So let's get the conversation going. I'd love to mention some of you and what you tell me about the lessons you learned in part two of this podcast episode. So until the next episode, be savvy and you know what? Boss up.